0: Joey, my man, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having
1: me back. <laughs> do you love my
0: li- live crowd? Since we couldn't do this live on social media, so I thought, you know what, I'd bring the crowd to I'd bring the crowd to the room, mate. I thought that's uh, that's, that's the, the next best thing we could do.
1: That's it.
0: How's your morning been, mate? All right.
1: Yeah, can't complain, mate. Pretty pretty cruisy. You know what it's like at this uh, this time of year with with all the isolation and whatnot. Yeah. Not much happening, so pretty cruisy. That's
0: good, because I didn't want to hear you complain anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not like
0: you care anyway. Yes. Yeah, I'm just being super nice, because I'm a nice, I'm known as a nice guy, so I might as well keep up that reputation. You know what I'm like, Joey. I'm a good bloke.
1: That's it. Well, behind
0: closed doors. <laughs> Joey, we, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, and we sort of spoke about some nuts and bolts in the basis about the fitness industry, but... Now, now we we, we want to go that a whole another level, and and we, we are gonna have a comp season this season, and for season B, yep. and yep. and beyond that. So I thought it'd be a great topic to to talk about, and actually get into the real nuts and bolts of contest prep, uh, the the lead up to contest prep, post contest prep. Look, it's a conversation that can go on for for some time, but I think what we'll do is get right down to the basics because if we be realistic, the the process. Is simple. It's about execution more, and I think they're the things that we can talk about today. And I think just to start it off, we might as well just get right into it. And um, actually, before we do start, Joey, for those that don't know you, just give yourself a quick rundown.
1: Um, well, pretty simple, really. I'm, I'm a um online and face to face, mostly contest prep coach, but I do still work with uh, the general population. Been doing uh, personal training for about seven years now. Um, contest prep for about five and a half to six years so um I operate out of uh, North Brisbane but like I said I work online as well so I still work with a lot of clients interstate and a few international as well so
0: fabulous that's and nice if, me in
1: a nutshell in, from a professional standpoint anyway
0: yeah and if anyone hasn't followed Joey Cantlin please follow Joey Cantlin because he says it how it is and it's straight down the line and he'll. He'll digest the most technical science data into layman's terms, which I think is shows intelligence to be able to dissect high intelligence information into information that the general population can understand. And I think that's a, a very important thing as as a as a coach in that as well to get a message across to you know your your your, your clients.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. And I, I believe that as well. I think um, whilst you know ten percent of people might understand it, the ten percent are probably the ones who are, you know, responsible for delivering the information, not necessarily consuming it. Um, and I find a lot of people just can't consume that information if they don't understand what yeah. what they're actually reading. So, if you can, you know, I guess put it in layman's terms, it's a lot more consumable consumable for the average person.
0: I agree. I think it's just absolutely essential, and you know, it's good for you know for us to put information out, and we can talk highly technical, but. Again, if the, the if the instructions not being understood at the other end, it's a, <laughs> irrelevant information, really, isn't it?
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: Well, Joey, I think just to to, to get started, we we've got a sort of a, a, an order of lists that we'll go through, and we'll get straight to the point because I'm a straight to the point person. I don't like beating around the bush. I want the information yeah. to get to the informa- to the to the listeners straight away, and without having to go the long way around. Now, let's, let's say we're, we're going into a contest prep or let's say we've actually got a vision of jumping on stage. So so obviously the, that, that client is obviously deep in the, in the off-season, whether they're new to it or not. So let, let's start with the, with the basis of someone's just got the idea of jumping on stage. So obviously deep in an off-season. Joey, where's the starting point? I'll let you start first and then I'll elaborate on your answer.
1: Well, I think the first thing you should do is contact a professional if you haven't already, because I find a lot of people they think that they know more than they actually do, especially when it comes to contest prep. So, the first thing you should do is contact a professional. Perfect. Um, obviously, you know, assuming you already have, then that uh, that coach is probably going to tell you, obviously, what you need to do. Um, but for most people, I think it's it's all about finding. I guess a consistent basis or a baseline so you can start making adjustments off that. I find too often uh, people go, all right, I'm going to do a show and they haven't done any work prior to it. And there's no, there's no baseline. They can't say like, Oh, I've been consuming 3000 calories a day every day for the last 14 days. Cool. All right. We're going to start your prep at say 23 to 2,500 calories, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think just put in the work and establish somewhat of a baseline before you start.
0: I love that. It's it's kinda of like we're gonna go build a house, but can we paint it first? That's it and, yeah, that's exactly and right. it doesn't really yeah. work that way. So there is some sort of foundation that a that an athlete needs to have and there is some sort of, you know, Reasonable calorie intake that that individual also needs to be consuming because, you know, look, you and I have both been in the scenario many times where you know someone might come in to us and they've got say they've got 10 kilos to lose, but they're only talking about being on you know 1500 calories. And let's say if we're talking about a female here, it seems to be more often than females will be on the lower calorie side. Yeah. And look, you don't really have anywhere to go. You know, if you've got 1500 calories, you need to be create a deficit. So let's say from 1500, you're gonna to have to create a 300-calorie deficit, hypothetically speaking, you're starting at around that 1,200, and that's where you want to end. So it's to the point where, so this will go on to our next sort of point straight off the bat. there's the We've established a concern straight away, and it's up to us as coaches to be honest and upfront and and tell them not what they want to hear. The client needs to understand that, you know, us being the professionals in the game, what we're saying is for their best interest and how, how can we bring... You know, their are best package to stage, let alone keep them as healthy as we can. So, so Joey, let's say what would you, your first protocol be in relation to a client's under eating?
1: Um, well, obviously, there's, there's a big psychological component as well. Um, some people might come to you on, on lower calories than ideal and they say, oh, I want to do a show because their whole idea is they don't like how they look. So they think, oh, if I throw myself into a contest rep and get lean, you know, mm. that, that'll fix everything. But then the cycle just repeats itself of, you know, crash dieting, not getting to the desired point that what you want. So it just, it just breeds that, um, that failure in that person. So I think convincing the person that they need to reverse diet and get their calories up and maybe pick a later season is probably your first port of call and try and get that person's calories up to, I know there's no specific number amount like possible that we could say, like, all right, you, every female has to be on 2,500 calories. Yeah. I find, uh, about forty calories per kilogram of lean body mass, yeah. approximately, is is a pretty good, um, a pretty good baseline of what people should at least be consuming for a good, relatively good period of time before they uh, consider doing a contest rep or a long term fat loss phase. Um, but I would say, yeah, reverse diet, get your calories up, or recovery diet, or whatever it is you want to do, get your calories up because, like you said, you can't, um, you can't. Paint a house before it's built. Yeah, and it's so a pretty, the
0: answer's the answer's nice and logical, and it's something that you know we don't mean to be the hard person, we don't mean to be the mean coach that that's going to ruin someone's dreams in the short term. I might add, mm. but the, the only reason is we we know you know you know what comes to us, you know what canvas you got in front of you. We, we basically we've got a blank canvas that comes in front of us. We can rather work on it, you know, today and get moving, or we need to take our time and we need to sort of build it up, work on it for the next six months. And then we can obviously start, you know, putting protocols in place to sort of get on stage. So it, it, it is a, you know, the the calorie intake is, you know, let's say some people like myself, I'm not a huge eater. I do not eat a lot of calories in the off season, so I can diet on a little bit less food. Where you get some people that are, you know, that their work entails them to that they might be tradesmen, so all of a sudden they're burning, you know, two and a half thousand calories just during any one given day, being on a building site, etc. So that individual will probably need you know three and a half thousand calories to even start a prep whereas someone that's active and moving around and and they're only eating two thousand calories it's like well man you're you know you're you're in a lot of depression there. yeah that's exactly it so it's a very so that's that's a good starting point is that before anyone even considers prep one we need to look at where their body is maybe have a look at their lifestyle as well you know if they're going through some you know some a lot of personal issues probably contest prep is something that we need to speak about and, and some people will focus really, really well because they're given a goal, a purpose, direction, but you are going to get people that will throw a blanket over their personal life at the moment, do the show, yeah. and unfortunately that blanket will come off at the end. So I have had a, a, a some good success in, in over the years of actually putting people on stage while they're going through a lot of personal concerns and, and I've had a 50-50 record, 50% have come out amazing, and it's, it's given yeah. them a new life. But unfortunately, there's 50% that the blanket come off at the end. And, um, yeah, it's actually been detrimental. So there, there's that element as well. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, financially you're good, relationship's good, job's good. Mentally, you're in a pretty good state of mind because contest prep can be pretty brutal because the standard these days is a whole nother level.
1: It is. And you've got, like, just getting to that extra 1% is going to hurt, like, 10 times more than it took to get 99% of the success. And it, it's interesting that you, you mentioned the lifestyle thing as well, and people putting a blanket over their problems. And you said you had about a 50% success rate. I, I think that there's certain there's certain people that thrive yeah. off utilizing um, a goal or something to achieve to to help their personal issues. And there's certain people that it can be extremely detrimental to, like you said. Yeah, totally. um, yeah, I find I find lifestyle is, is very important. If if your lifestyle is not correctly I guess it's not it's not an appropriate not an appropriate environment to undertake a contest prep, then you either need to adjust your goal or you need to potentially adjust adjust your environment where you're your
0: lifestyle yeah totally and I, and I guess if i if i speak on a personal note to give people an example so so let's say i've done over 65 shows in my time done many many things wrong not not had a long long enough off season haven't got calories high at certain points so so between shows for me say next year in march it would be three years between shows so during that period there's actually been two years of pretty solid eating and pretty solid hard training and so that's how I'll break it up. There's there's some pro- a process going on there as eating as much as I can. But now knowing that I'm about four months away from potentially start to dieting, now is it time for me to actually push them calories in even more, which will only benefit myself, obviously the dieting phase. So if I can push more calories in without obviously gaining too much body fat, it's it's going to be a point where you can start your diet at you know three thousand two hundred calories as opposed to starting it at two and a half thousand calories and finishing it you know 1500 because as a bodybuilder trying to hang on to as much muscle as you can natural bodybuilder 1500 calories is, it's not a lot yeah not a lot. yeah
1: you don't have much hope there
0: not 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 at all so so that was probably the next little part we talk about that little pre-prep you know you say we're getting to that you know maybe uh, within a month out joey what what would you do you've had a client now you've, you've had the off season with him for six months we're about a month out from starting the contest prep does much even change for you
1: Um, I think the only thing that changes uh, personally for me is the, I guess the accuracy um, of everything being done. So obviously in the off season, you know, it's okay to eat a little bit here and there because eat a little bit additional over your calories, for example, here and there, provided you're in relatively decent shape uh, because you're better off to be over than better off to be under. Um, But what I like to do is just tell my clients to start being a little bit more consistent. So we've got a little bit more of a clear picture of, how we can start your prep test. Okay, if you if, sometimes I'll set calorie ranges in the off season. Say, you know, John, 3,800 to forty two hundred calories per day. Then let's say a month out, I might say, all right, let's let's like shorten that range, thirty nine hundred to forty one hundred, and that way we we paint a bit of a clearer picture of sort of where where your maintenance might be. Um, it, it might even also be a good idea for some people to consider a maintenance calorie phase right before they diet because it's not like you'll get any metabolic suppression or down regulation mm. prior to a diet so maybe bring it back down to estimated maintenance yep. Yep. you might even get a little bit leaner and set yourself up in a better starting position but i'd say like i'd say if you're still if you're still not i guess in the the strike zone i like to call it where you could probably start a contest prep, maybe six months out, consider a, a mini cut of say two to three months and then try and maintain from there, then start your prep. But I'd say like from from that standpoint of a one month out, just start being a little bit more stringent with everything and start tracking everything a little bit more diligently and use it as, I guess, a warm up, and create that baseline. So your coach can say like, okay, well, here's the data. This is what we're going to do. And you know, it's going to be accurate
0: yeah great Yeah, I couldn't have said that any well. I'll probably ask, I'll add one more thing to that is I'll also try to like a month out, maybe four to six weeks, try to put, get them to pull back their their knee in any sort of cardio yeah, they're doing yep. at the moment. I think that's sort of essential because if we're gonna cardio for us is, as in the bodybuilding game, fitness game is it's a tool that we can use. And if someone's already doing, you know, I've been caught in the past doing this where I've been surfing five days a week and I've gone into contest prep and all of a sudden I'm ripping it up so quick. And by the time I get to the last six weeks, I've run out of steam. I'm not surfing anymore. And all of a sudden yeah. I yeah. was actually chewing a lot of calories prior because I was surfing. Now my actually yeah. output of energy has actually decreased. So yeah. get, getting someone to pull back any sort of cardio, any movement they're doing, make make it as minimal. So it's something that we can add in the back end or mid prep whenever we require you know, in, getting our, into our tool bag and adding cardio in. Some people get it from the start, some get it at the end, some get it at the middle. It's a how long is a piece of string? And that's why there's that name called coaching because everyone's different and everyone's program's going to be different. So, Joey, based on that, we move into the next part of the, the main preparation itself. And I guess if we, as is, I like to use examples because they give people a good indication of how we're going to oh. set this up. So let's say, Joey, you're going to be coaching me and, and I'm a let, let's just say I'm 80 kilo, rounded off. So we're going into contest prep. Where Where do we start? Obviously, we need to we need to take into consideration the, your your total calories, your type of training. You have got to do the division you're doing for starters. So your trainer's got to meet that requirement as well. And then you need to sort of look at cardio. So so Joey, you're 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 getting me ready. I'm 80 kilo. I'm ready to rock and roll. Off season's been superb. Training's on point. The foundation's there. Where do we go now?
1: Well, I think for most people. Um, I guess you need to consider the fact that you you definitely want to be better next time you get on stage. So for that. people who have competed before, what I like to do is is get an idea of what their previous stage weight was. And assuming you have at, at least put on a kilo of lean tissue in, you know, 1 to 2 years or whatever that time frame might be, the goal should always be, okay, well let's aim for that last stage weight because we know you're going to be leaner than last time because you've got additional mass on top of that. So I try and create a plan around that. Now you can, you can obviously plan your contest prep and break it down into phases. You might say, all right, we want to get 30 to 40% of that body weight off in the first, I guess, maybe 25% of your prep. Then we're going to diet break. Then we're going to move the next 30%, I guess, off in the next 25% after that, et cetera, et cetera. Or you could do, all right, we're going to start slow, then we're going to come in hard at the end or we're going to go hard at the start and get 75% of you know, that weight off in the first 34, 30 to 40% and then diet break for longer and then reverse diet in. So I guess it depends on what type of strategy you want to use because strategy, strategy is a huge part of it. Uh, for me personally, I like to push a little bit harder at the start yep. and maybe get the majority of the work done in the first 30 to 40% of prep so then we can pump the brakes, give you a little bit of a I guess a little bit of a rest and then chip off that next bit, another little bit of a rest, and then chip off the last bit. You, you you might have that last ten to twelve weeks where you only need to chip off the last, you know, three three to five kilos, which is which is not much for a lot of people who are who are that lean. Um so yeah, it, it comes down to the strategy and what what type of coach wants to use what type of strategy, I guess. And you just plan for that.
0: It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it, because you can have – with all about
1: 500 answers. Yeah,
0: and, 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 and just to make everyone think outside the square as well, like when we – logic says, hey, be ahead of the eight ball, all good and well, and away we go. It, it seems like logic, but then, then you, can, you can turn the other side of the spectrum and go, well, I've done that and been ready and I'm eight weeks out and the glutes are on and everything's ready to rock and roll and, gosh, I'm weak. you know as a natural athlete all of a sudden we've been ready almost too early we didn't expect say the body to get lean so quick and then you're really ready early in one minute you're benching uh, you know five reps at 120 kilo then you're eight weeks out which is a long time and all of a sudden your bench has gone down to 100 100 kilos which is you you're still lifting but let's be realistic if you're a natural athlete there's some muscle loss there period end of story it's it's because your energy and your energy will suffer as well and And then obviously as you go on, you know, things can get worse. But I guess even if we go back to, you know, things we've learned over the last few years, you know, you can be ready early and start increasing calories as well. So then you can start bringing food back in, which can fill you out and actually bring back added muscle you may have lost. So there's pros and cons. And I think what you said there, your answer was you nailed it because it's really the answer is correct. And it's a matter of working on what do we think that individual Will be what what what'll suit them best? Do we feel like this person's a stress head, and you know what I mean? If they're behind the eight ball, they're gonna stress, which is then gonna stop fat burning. So they're, they're, there's a there's a million things to think about, and I think it's yeah. all tailored down to the individual. If you you have that individual that's just hardcore, mate, right? their head switched on, they can get they can take any challenge. You know, you could probably pace them the whole way and and just yeah. trickle away, and know that you know you've got that time to work with. But then some people that are ready too early. Psychologically, it could affect their mindset as well, which affects their home life, which stresses them up, and they look great six weeks out, and then comes show day, they've gone smooth and flat and soft, and and everything sort of yeah, really. we've, <laughs> everything we've <laughs> all been <laughs> everything we've all have been before that we don't want, and sometimes that just sort of happens. So, um,
1: yeah, I, th- I think if you have if you have a, like someone who's quite highly strung and quite quite stressed it might be a good idea to get the majority of the work done in the front end of the contest prep when stress levels are already low and body fat percentages are a little bit high so even on the lower calories and the larger deficits you can tolerate it a lot uh, a lot easier i find that um, a lot of people just don't don't really start struggling until they get to their um like sub sub body fat uh, set point so let's say someone might have a set point of say you know 11 10 percent once they start getting into those nines, that's when they'll start to struggle. It might not necessarily be their energy intake. Um, but for some people, it might also be energy intake related. So again, like you said, you said it perfectly. It comes down to the individual and you have to plan for every individual. Like when when people say natural bodybuilding is there's an art to it. There really is. And not just from the physique itself standpoint, it's, it's an art in how you um, strip it all down and get that fat off. So mm. I think, yeah, that the more stress you have as as an individual, get more work done early. So then you can just cruise in. And of course, like you said, sometimes you can be ready too early and then you have to weigh up. It's like, okay, well, is getting ready a little bit too early a better case scenario than getting ready like right on time? Um, I find it's a balancing act. You don't want to be ready too late, but you don't want to be ready too early. Mm. And then you've got to say like, okay, well, let's establish how early is too early and how late is too late i think if you're looking for something like like a bodybuilder or a figure competitor where you've got to have you know diced hamstrings lines in your ass you know it, it might be a good idea to try and aim to be ready say 2 to 4 weeks out i reckon if you if you're around that 6 to 8 week out mark and you've got fully striated glutes you're going to really struggle mm.
0: Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And yeah, it's a it's a real juggling act. But I, I guess if you break the whole the whole thing down, we all we all would like to be ahead of the eight ball. It is going to minimize any sort of stress. And any advice that I can sort of add from people on the, that is that you know as you get to that you know last sort of six to eight weeks, and when you are super lean, man, you need to maybe grab a few training partners and 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 and, and make to ensure that you are getting good spots at the gym and you are finding that extra five percent, um, even though you don't feel like it. But it's amazing the energy you can get training with people, whether, whether they even you'd have to come in for an extra couple of PT sessions a week. Because even if they're getting, you know, two, three sessions that are absolutely amazing and a couple of sub parkers are so flat on their own. Well, that's better than five flat sessions a week, which is going to add up very, very quickly in the natural game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, well, I'll jump um, in. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got it. No, no, I've got, I I remember it. You're bad. <laughs> people, people also, I think it's important for people to understand as well. It doesn't matter if you're ready early or you're ready late, you're probably still going to feel like shit anyway. And there's I don't think there's any such thing as like a a scot free prep. You won't you won't ever get through unscathed. There'll be something that, you know, goes wrong like you you feel like absolute shit a little bit too far out or you feel like absolute shit at the end. Either way, it's going to hurt having to get that lean. Now, if we're talking bikini and men's fitness or men's... Oh, actually, no, those men's fitness boys... They are get sick, lean. They, they get shredded nowadays. Mm. But if you're looking at, say, bikini or sports model, maybe you don't need to go to that point where you have to be super lean super early because you just don't have to be super lean. So, you know, maybe they don't feel like crap. And I think if you're if you're a bikini competitor who feels like she's just gone around 15 rounds with Mike Tyson, <laughs> you probably made a mistake at some point yep. but yep. that's a whole different kettle of fish and like you said at the end of the day it comes out of the individual and you have to strategize around that individual's environment and personality and lifestyle
0: and i'm glad you say that because it is something that you understand and you and and people need to stop reading into various comments of various people where oh my prep was fine i wasn't i didn't feel tired i wasn't flat i had plenty of energy the whole way through they probably weren't lean enough at the end of the day you find someone mm. that actually just got off the top of the podium and they're looking quite sharp. Mm. Ask them how their prep was, and and I, and I can guarantee it, it would have been pretty nasty, hence why they're at the top of the prep, so the top mm. of the podium. And that's one thing that people, yeah, we've got to understand that this is a grueling sport and and taking our body to somewhere that it doesn't want to that's go. Not
1: healthy, no matter how
0: you do it. Yeah, look, that, that's exactly, and there's always going to be repercussions, and and that could be, go back to our very first point as well. We didn't sort of mention that. It's a conversation that we need to have and understand that, There's going to be side effects of every contest prep. So, anyone that's, you know, I've had people come to me and say, Oh, my last coach, no, no, I don't want to hear what your last coach done. You know what I mean? You jumped on stage in figure, you had to chase seven, eight percent body fat, you had to go relatively lean. And sometimes you have to go lower calories than the textbook wants you to go. And that there's just
1: no handbook for getting that lean. Yeah. Like, exactly. Oh, you know, I had to go to, I had to go to a thousand, eleven hundred calories. It's like, well, too bad. Like, some people just have to push. Like some people might be able to cruise on say, let's say it's a female figure competitor. She might be able to diet down to within three kilos of stage weight on 2000 calories, yeah. but she might have to go down to 1200 to get that last few kilos. off. There is just no rule book or handbook for this kind of stuff, especially as naturals. Exactly. Like,
0: I love that. And and I want to stress the point too, is that obviously a lot of coaches and, and you know, can cop the raw deal for, for someone's preparation, but at the end of the day, the individual has to take some sort – yes, look, there's some, there's some pretty poor, you know, coaching skills out there on, on, on crazy low stuff going on. But, you know, but more often than not, a lot of the contest prep coaches around that we know are all generally pretty good. And it doesn't, doesn't matter how good of a coach you are. At some point, guess what? You're going to have to take that client lower than you would like. You may have to give them more cardio than you would like. But at the end of the day, you've got one or two things. You can put them on, show, on, on stage undone. Or you can put them on stage and they had to suffer a little bit more and they're ready to rock and roll and they've placed the way that they want. But I think that's it's important that the, as coaches, we have the conversation with that individual and say, look, hey, we're, we're three weeks out. We've got a, we, we need to drop three, four kilos. I hey, mean, are you ready for this? Because we're going mm. in, we're going into battle now as a team together. We need to push this to the next level. Mm. Are you ready? Yay or nay. And because this is gonna hurt. And you probably wanna have a conversation with your family as well to understand you just may be a little bit uh tired. Yeah. Flat. Exactly right. <coughs> grumpy. Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> or A, B, C, D, mate, D, all of the above is what's yeah, gonna happen. But yeah. welcome to welcome to the sport. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly right spot on and like I've even had girls you know that I've been able to prep on you know let's say 150 to 200 grams of carbs but I've had to take some blokes sub 150 grams of carbs you know it's, yeah. it's fascinating the body the body is extremely adaptive it is so you, you have to keep throwing you have to keep throwing stuff at it unfortunately but that's like you said there's repercussions for every, every prep it's not healthy no matter how you string it even if you're eating three or four thousand calories and you body fat. You're 6% body fat. You're not supposed to be there. (laughs) You're practically nearly dead.
0: Yeah. I've had shows before where I've been, you know, a week out, I'm still eating, you know, 300 to 350 carbs back in my younger days, might I add, and still, you know, relatively lean and still felt absolutely rubbish. The legs wouldn't move. The legs felt so heavy. And then I've had times where I'm down to 50 grams of carbs and you're basically almost running a keto and you probably feel the same. You just yeah, you, and, and you probably yeah. weren't even more hungrier. It was just a little bit more of a luxury to actually have more food and probably potentially ma- maintain more muscle and a bit more fullness. That's about it. But either way, low low body fat is low body fat. It's not fun.
1: Yeah, I think I think um, your condition or sort of your your level of leanness or your body fat percentage usually dictates how you feel, as opposed to your energy intake. Like I said yeah. earlier, I think if you are um, if you're still at a very high body fat and you feel like absolute shit, then maybe there is a problem. Yeah. But like I said, you can be on all the calories in the world. If you're five, 6% body fat, you, you're going to feel crap. And I, I, we had this conversation with Eric Helms actually, um, at the sports nutrition conference or the ISM conference. Mm. I, I believe it was, uh, the start of last year. Yeah. I remember I, remember. I saw this. Comment. Um, and, um, I said the same thing to him. You know, I've I've always found that um, someone's condition um, as opposed to their energy intake is more reflective of how they're going to feel.
0: I couldn't couldn't agree more. And it's probably much what I just said then about, you know, you can be on super high calories and it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you've got the result you're after. The body fat is so low. The human body is just not designed to, to run at that low body fat period.
1: That's exactly right. And Eric agreed with me. And if Eric agrees with anything I say, then it's right. We'll take
0: that. Yeah. You must have have felt pretty good then, hey, if if Eric Jones agreed.
1: Yeah, well, my ego went from about here to here, so naturally I felt pretty good. I, I, until you hung out
0: with me in India and I just brought your confidence all the way down again. Yeah, that well. I mean, that's pretty natural for anyone to hang around yeah. with you, right? Oh, well, Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's get into, I, I guess what we've done there, like we've touched on some bits and pieces. And and again, the, the duration is probably the last thing I'll, before we go on to sort of a, a little fun peak week here. I think the duration of preparation also is something that can be uh, misunderstood in 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 a sport now that requires even from fitness girls you know to figure girls to to bodybuilding the standard male physique even the the standard is so high and 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 people of old school used to be you know you could you could get away with a 12-week preparation it now it's highly unlikely these days that any of them that category that i said there unless you have a female that's already Mm. in incredible condition and she's just one of them one of them dream clients that come to you and you just know you just got to fine tune 12 weeks away you go but most preparations are very rarely going to be under a 20-week period yeah and bodybuilding and bodybuilding look you know you could even push that 30 if you've got 15 kilos to lose 500 grams a week on average if everything went to par which you know yeah. give or t- doesn't really leave you any lead way you're then pushing your bodybuilding 15 kilos to maybe 32, 33 weeks to so try to be ready at that 30 week mark that gives you a couple of weeks out, like we said earlier. And, yeah. and, and that's the great in theory, isn't it? But yeah. then, but then, I, I,
1: there you go.
0: Yeah. I was, I was going to say, then there's this thing called life, you know what I mean? Life does get in the way you've got to allow for, yeah. you know, adversity, a few hiccups here and there. And sometimes things just go wrong. Sometimes you cheat on your diet can set you back a week or two. So there's so many variables there and that's probably yeah. back to, you know, trying to be ready early. It, it, is, it is a blessing because if you just try to time it exactly right, well, you are playing Russian roulette, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, it's funny you mentioned that because I did my um, presentation um, at various Sports Nutrition Australia um, contest prep, uh, conferences or workshops or whatever you want to call them. And my, my area of presentation was on starting points and planning out your preparation. Um, and I threw a few formulas up on the, um, the PowerPoint, um, how to calculate you know, how much you should lose every week based on how many times you want to be ready. But then I click the clicker again, and another thing comes up. Diet breaks allow two to four weeks. Life in general allow two to four weeks. This and that allow two or four weeks, another two weeks. So all of a sudden, when you account for these additional things like uh, life stresses outside of prep, your prep might go from 18 weeks to 26 weeks, just like that. So, you might need 18 weeks to get into shape in a perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world, especially in 2020. Oh, uh, so, uh, it's a great point. It's a great yeah, point. You if, say that. You're always going to have things to add on. Like, let's say you've, you've got uni studies that might cause quite a lot of stress, stress around a certain point of your prep. You might need to add another one to two weeks onto your prep because it might be a good idea to do a deload that week or do a diet break that week so we can reduce time spent in the gym so you can spend more time in your studies mm. so you you could have more brain fuel so to speak for your studies by having a diet break so it's just those little things that i think a lot of people tend to forget mm. that do add up like what if what if something happens where you you lose your job you can't predict that what if you know your dog dies what if a family member dies you can't predict any of this so wow. i always find that it's smart to leave a bit of a buffer whether it's two weeks four weeks six weeks or eight weeks
0: yeah, I, I, I think you've nailed it and I think we've, you know, when we talk about being ready as well, you know, we talk about everything being on point. But let's be realistic. Let, let's, look. males are a little bit different. Males tend to have, tend to be able to cruise in a little bit easier. Unfortunately, yeah. females' bodies are so sensitive on the hormonal side. So, so let's be realistic. You know, with their hormones, every time they seem to go out or and just because of stress, you know, what I mean, cortisol rises there's going to be many, 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 many weeks during the preparation for a female that they won't actually even fat burn. I, I, I don't know the statistics, but it's around, you know, two out of four weeks, uh, two, two out of four weeks a month, a female's body will almost be in plateau mode. Like it's actually, I don't know the stats, you might know it, but that, that's what I understand that with females, the time frame for, I've had a lot of figure girls over the years and they've come in razor, razor, razor sharp. However, the process is around 10 months and they might've only lost 10, 10 kilo. And people are like, are yep, you serious? Absolutely. I said, yeah, I said they'll spend two, two, two weeks of the month. I've done all the stats myself and I've seen that the hormonally actually prevents them from losing that body fat. So they really only got, you know, they might have now a 10 month prep, but it's actually only five months really worth of fat burning. So now we've actually brought their preparation down to really 20 weeks. So that is why it's essential for some females that are going on that next level you know what I mean? These are the things to consider too. And a lot of coaches don't quite take this into consideration. Females, the time frame, unfortunately, is a lot longer.
1: It is. And it sucks that it is because that's even less ideal for a female body.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: but it's the reality. Like you said, you know, trying to get that lean, even for fitness girls nowadays, they're almost just less muscular figure girls nowadays. They're in some incredible. It's just outrageous. I've seen fitness girls, that should have competed in figure and they probably would have won open class. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately figure's just a bit of a dying breed. And a lot of girls are a little bit too scared to chuck the figure suit on and pose similar to a bodybuilder, I guess. But yeah, it's interesting. You brought that up. I find that females just vary so much. I've had some girls who they're just extremely unpredictable in terms of how their body's going to respond. You know, one week they might drop a kilo and a half the next week they might put on 700 grams. Yeah. Uh, whereas I've had girls that will, I'll set them a, a calorie intake that I would expect them to lose, say, let's say between three to six hundred grams around that range, and they'll hit it every single week, and the prep will go exactly as according to plan. But that's very rare. But it it does happen. But it also does happen on the other end. So I guess again, it comes down to individuality, and this is why this is one of the reasons why you need to work with people before you start prep or maybe even do undertake a dieting phase, you know, a good three to six months before prep so you can get a bit of an understanding about how that person responds to a fat loss phase and how they respond in a deficit. Where's their sweet spot? Everyone's got a sweet spot, and the sweet spot refers to where a person can consistently drop body fat. I know you know what I'm talking about. Because when that person hits that sweet spot, they, they stay there for a long time and they just keep dropping, keep dropping so it's all it's all trial and error and try like contest prep isn't the time for trial and error no. so it just further emphasizes the importance to work with someone for a relatively extended period of time before you undertake contest prep whether you're male or a female female probably more important yeah. but it's still very important for both
0: yeah cool and, and joey spot on and there's two things also that you know kind of go unspoken about in in the whole industry and and what I've seen personally after, you know, obviously coaching for, you know, for a long period of time now, I would say the last two years I've found it even tougher again to get people in the condition. Not so much the first timers that have ne- never done a show before, a guy that just might be training, he's eating like a like a horse and he, and he goes in a deficit, he'll get in condition. But I've noticed that most people, most females especially, over some course of their life going to have gone and done done some diet and they've done it again. And they've probably yep. done 15 diets prior to them coming to you. So every time they diet too strict, go super low calories, super low carb during that era, it actually throws their hormones out, okay? And it's put a lot of stress on the body. And once them, for, unfortunately for female, once their hormones really get thrown out of whack, they are very, very, very difficult to realign again. And then there's gonna be another dieting phase on top of that. And then once them hormone, not not only are their hormones out, but metabolically, we're in a lot of trouble. So if someone might come to you and, and all of a sudden we've got them eating a lot of food and we've done that part of it, but sometimes it's the hormonal side which is actually going to shut down fat burning. So there's times where, actually many times, I I, I actually send you know, clients to go get bloods done because yeah. a peace of mind, I need to know, and I think that's one of the most essential things that needs to be done in this industry. We need to realign females' hormone levels because contest prep aside for their health because... Now, let's read, guys. We have it easy. We get a bit of low testosterone, which can come up again. But females, once their body gets thrown out of whack, it can take them years to recover. Yeah. And 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 if not, they may not recover unless they actually get bloods and actually go down that road and and, and get it sort of treated, whatever they have got to do. But these are the things that are kind of unspoken about, and they need to be had had in conversation with your coach, and so obviously get the best plan moving forward. If it means delaying the show for twelve months, so be it. It's a patient game if we choose the natural game. So we can't just jump in, yep, I want to do a show because that person looks amazing on Instagram. I want to look like that. Yeah, okay, no worries. But where your body's at, you're eighteen months away from that. And you know, we're just being honest straight down the line, only because we have the best interest of the client at heart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've I have found like quite a lot of the time because I, I work with my clients, you know for a very, very long time. And mm. the, the time that they spend with me, it might be, you know, three, four, five years, they might do two or three shows in that time frame, And I've always found that with each prep, it gets a little, little bit tougher. And Spot even on. if you do get those hormones realigned, it still gets a little bit tougher. Even even myself from my first to my second prep, I've found it a lot harder to get leaner. Um, and I think a lot of people will also go, hey, actually that makes sense because same here. Yeah. So right. if you're listening, and you've just had a light bulb moment, there you go. Yeah,
0: (laughs) spot on. And again, like I've done it many, many, many times. I've learned the hard way, hence why I I know, you know, there wasn't a lot of education 19 years ago when I first started about contest prep. So we'd do, you know, we could have done 15 shows in the space of two years, you know, and just back-to-back shows and talk about just... And no
1: one would have lengthen on not at all
0: talk about destroying the body you know the the stress on the body but you know we're back back then when we started we kind of did bodybuilding back then because solely because we love the sport there wasn't pro cards there wasn't instagram there was nothing it was just going you know what gee i love this and i just want to do it so we had the mindset to go yeah i'll do anything absolutely anything and sometimes yeah. we realize why do we have to push so hard and why is it three days after a show I weigh 15 kilos heavier? <laughs> <laughs> I could. Mate, I spent 15 shows trying to scratch my head going, this doesn't make sense. How can I go from looking incredible then three days later I look absolutely atrocious? But as the time went on, the more shows I did, I looked even worse again. And sometimes I... I couldn't even open my eyes. That's that's how fat I was getting, you know. But um,
1: <laughs> I've been <in> there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then I realized, hang on, I need a couple of years off here and get this body back to normal. And yeah. I and then there, there, then you know education, then sort of Lane Norton sort of dropped on the scene just in time, I think, and kind of reinvented the wheel on how probably Joe Klinswenski as well on how to actually go about things and keeping water in, et cetera, blah blah blah. So I think that might lead us on let's just save that say the the peak week one to last cuz again that's another how long's a piece of string there's so many variables in that but i thought we'd just go straight into when we get to that post comp basically the in into the off season the week after a show there's so many protocols but the, the main ones that we're looking at and you and i probably will agree here you know you can get a client back into maintenance phase as soon as possible or you or there's a, there's people that are happy to reverse very very slowly and sort of hang on to some conditions. So, I'll, Joey, you can go first. Obviously, that the, there's no real right or wrong answer here. It's a really conversation, yeah. I believe, between the coach and the individual, and it also comes down to what we personally feel that client can handle. Joey, mm-hmm. what, what, how do you go about your post-comp?
1: Well, I think, it, like you said, it depends on the individual, and I sound like a broken record because that's pretty much my answer to every bloody question, mm-hmm. but... It really does depend on that individual's prep. How long was the prep? How low did they have to go? How lean did they get? What category did they compete in, and whatnot? And then you have to evaluate their, um, I guess their their lifestyle wants and needs. Do that? Does that person want to stay a little bit leaner throughout the off season, or for an extended period of time? Does that person have photo shoots? You know, for one to three weeks after that. Um, so these are all things that you need to, you need to do and you need to triangulate or, I guess all the data from all those answers and then make a decision there. But for me personally, I, I, I like my clients to reverse a little bit quicker and do what I've called like a recovery diet. Yeah. So for most people, if they'll permit it and if they're okay with it, I'll bring their calories back up to maybe within 10 to 15%, or 10 to 15% below. Her. Uh, below what their maintenance calories would have been before contest prep because obviously we usually get a little bit of metabolic suppression and some people can be up to say 10 to 15%. And then from there, you can evaluate and then increase again and increase again until you get to maintenance. And that might bring you back to maintenance within you know three to four weeks. But then you'd have a reverse diet period where that person might go, okay, I want to stay leaner or I have photo shoots for the next three weeks. Then it might be a process of maybe adding you know, 80 to 120 calories per week over the course of time for, you know, six to eight, 10 to 12 weeks, depending on, you know, what that person's maintenance calories are. Now, there's trade offs for both. Obviously, with a recovery diet, you are probably going to soften up quicker, but your hormones are going to recover faster. Your metabolic rate is going to recover faster. Your training performance is going to go up quicker, and you're going to be back in a position to build muscle a lot faster. Because contrary to popular belief, and I don't know why people still believe it, you are not going to build muscle in the post-comp period. For some people think there's this massive rebound effect where all the anabolic window and big to, anabolic yeah. effect,
0: which is very old school. It, and, and no, it's not it the case be
1: further from the truth. How, yeah. how is, how is a body that's been starved for 20 to 30 plus weeks expected to put on muscle immediately after the fact. Yeah. So you will get back to building strength and muscle faster. Now, obviously you'll soften up a little bit quicker, but that's probably the only downfall. And I I think some people could lose control of that approach as well because you go, all right, here's another 800 calories and they might take it a little bit too far. But again, that just coincides with quicker recovery, but you just may gain body fat a little bit quicker. Now the upsides of a reverse diet, there's only really one and that's being able to stay in better shape Mm. um, for a longer period of time. But, There there are downsides as well, and it means slower recovery, slower chance, you know, build your metabolism and your hormonal uh, regulation back up and start building muscle and strength um, at a later date. But again, you will stay leaner. You'll be able to do your photo shoots and whatnot. So, yeah, there's really two ways you can do it. I prefer the recovery diet personally, but at the end of the day, we're hired to, I guess, meet people's needs, and it's not like a reverse diet is incredibly unhealthy and it's not doing them a disservice to allow them to do to to take that approach.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think you covered most things there. And and I guess on a personal note, to give people an example, I've done both and Mm. I've tortured myself included. Yeah. And I can say that I tortured myself many times post-show by having small increments. And and let's say I sit at 80 kilo in an off season anyway, get down to 70 kilo for a show. And with small increments, for some reason, i get back up to 80 anyway. And, and-
1: Exactly, you always end up where you started anyway. 100%. That's what I try and explain to people. Mm. and you then go there quicker. Yeah,
0: definitely. And then what, what I did find the last time I did the recovery diet, you know, a couple of years ago, Same scenario, finish at 71 post. And then a week after the show, I actually went straight back up to just under maintenance. Like you said, my maintenance was around 3,200, but I actually went back up to 2,700 from finishing my diet at 1,900. So, you know, a little bit lower than I would have liked, but look, it is what it is. It could have been worse. But as I went up to that 2,700, yeah, I went up back up to 78 kilos. So whilst I look very soft for a few weeks, what I found, which was fascinating, was two months later, I was still 78 and basically, I, I actually looked a better seventy-eight because a little bit of muscle mass had come back on, and as muscle come back on, my metabolism started coming back up again. Hormones started regulating more effectively, and I just had a bit of more, more of a tighter look. And bizarrely, twelve months after that period, I was still seventy-eight. It was incredible because yeah. I only I just stuck around that twenty-seven to three thousand yeah. calories, and then it worked effectively. Then kept most of my off-season sitting at around you know twenty twenty-nine hundred. 3,100 calories thereabouts. And it just seemed to work, work amazing. Whereas, but I, but then again, on the other side, I've got clients at the moment that didn't make season A, unfortunately, but they were in great condition. And they wanted the slow reverse just because they, they were happy to have a long off season. And what they wanted was to look good all year round because the, their dieting phase happened to be 35 weeks. They're not gonna do that again. So what we found was there, you know, three months later, they're still in absolutely amazing condition, and yeah. and they're actually their mindsets in a great position because they're happy where they're at. So it's a it's a juggling act. Again, it's back to what you said. Then there's no right yeah. or wrong. It's a conversation that you need to be having with your coach and work out what's suitable for that individual's lifestyle, and 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 we can give our input what we think based mm-hmm. on what we've seen. That'll that'll obviously help them get over the line.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people also surprise themselves that when they actually adhere to something like a recovery diet even with an aggressive increase they'll be very very surprised at how lean they'll still be able to i guess stay um for for whatever period of time but i always say this to my clients a good post contest approach will set you up for a very 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 effective off season because if you if you blow your post comp then we start to get into like okay well now you're 10 kilos heavier than when you started your prep and I had to already peel 12 to 13 kilos off you. So now I have to get 20 to 25 off you next time, and there's no way I'm going to do that in one hit. So now our off-season just got one year longer because we have to do a diet in between your off-season and your prep. So if you can can have a solid post-contest approach and you can still be relatively aggressive, you'll set yourself up for a good off-season. And if you have a good off-season, you'll set yourself up with a very good starting point, you have a good starting point. You'll have a good prep. So, I guess a, a post-contest recovery. There's there is a lot um, to it, and there is a lot to consider. And you know, you've got to think about the long term as well. If you're going to compete again, well, maybe you need to consider really working hard on that. Because some people just go, "Oh, stuff it." You know, I'll um, I'll make a mess of myself right now, and I'll sweep I'll sweep it up later. Mm. And if you're planning to compete again in the future, say within 24 months of that. You may want to consider not making a total mess of it right
0: now. Oh, look, absolutely, and and I guess that to to add to that as well. At the end of the day, post comp's tough. There, there is no is. Don't, don't feel. You know, why do I feel like this? Why do I still feel rubbish a month out? Why do I, you know, after my show, I, I'm still feeling down and I've got no energy. I'm flat. I thought, you know, post, you know, after the red, I'll start eating. I'll start feeling fantastic again. That is normal, and and it's almost the time that you diet. It couldn't take. It can take that period of time and a half before someone actually gets back to one hundred percent normality. So for female diets, for let's say she's a bikini girl for three months or a sports model or whatever it might be, there, there's a chance it's going to take her three months before they get back to some normality. Yeah. A bodybuilder that she's dieted for six months, you know, you can start feeling good after three months for sure. Or even two months, one month, but before he gets back to optimal strength, optimal performance. A long time. It, it is. It's almost going to be that time frame again, six months, and sometimes I've seen it time and a half, so around that nine-month period, before they're actually back to um, default, back to yeah. where, where they sort of started. And, and these are the things yeah. that people got to understand that you know, don't, don't think patient. that this is why this happened. Did my coach just kill me? I, I can't believe this is happening. This is normal. This is what happens with our sport. This is why... Us coaches are very strict on trying to educate people on clients on this is we let's do this show, not this show. Let's just wait another mm. six months. Let's not rush it because if you rush into a show and you're underdone, you're not ready. You know, If you think that's hard, you might have the mentality to grind to stage. But hang on, we have a post-comp here we need to look at as well. And that can actually be the devil right there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so true. It, it can take like a longer, I guess, longer than you might desire or longer than you expect to recover. I remember my last show, I even ate quite aggressively after it. And I brought my calories up way too fast. Like I I put on the weight pretty quick, but the thing is like weight gain doesn't correlate with how you feel. And by, by saying that, I mean, if you put on 10 kilos and you lost 10 kilos in prep, it doesn't mean that those down regulations are going to return back to normal at the same rate. So, you might put put on all the weight and then it's still another six weeks before you feel normal. I, I remember my last prep, I, I went way too hard too early and it was still probably another seven or eight weeks. And I, I remember it to this day because I remember I was in Fiji. Okay. It was about halfway through my trip to Fiji and I was pretty, I, I went pretty hard that prep. It was about, yeah, seven, seven eight weeks after it. And I remember waking up more, one morning. And all of a sudden I wasn't starving and I didn't feel controlled by food. I wasn't food focused. It was just like, Oh my God, like I'm normal again. So Unreal. I put on 10 kilos in the first, you know, 10 to 14 days. I gained all my weight yeah, and it still took me six to seven weeks to not feel controlled by food. Oh, wow. So if it's taking a little bit longer than you might've anticipated, it doesn't necessarily mean that something went wrong with your prep. It's probably a sign that you got in really, really good shape, but it doesn't necessarily mean you did anything wrong with your prep. It's just the human body is a very, very, very complex machine. Yeah. And when, when we get to those low levels of body fat, we're, we're breaking the rules. Like it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's not healthy in any capacity. So don't expect it to just go back to normal straight away.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I think the, you know, I guess when clients finish shows, the thing I say is, okay, we're, we're here. We, we now have a tough four to five weeks ahead of us. But yeah. if we can nail that four or five weeks and, and I, you notice, I'm not saying two to three, that's not long enough. I'm not saying seven to eight because that's too, that's going to psychologically affect someone four to five. We're just talking another month. We just got to hang in there for four weeks and if we yep. can we can be eighty percent strict for four weeks. I said eighty percent. Hey, it's post comp. You can have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's not yeah, going to stop. We have got to be realistic and as 80% well. Eighty
1: percent is really good comparative to what a lot of people achieve. Uh,
0: ab- absolutely. So so I think we've clarified that that you know both 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 methods work. Uh, you and I probably both like the recovery me- method quicker. I just think it's sort of it, it suits the average human being that needs to get back to sort of normality, um, get back to life, being a mum dad you know, Uncle Arnie and get back to work and start, you know, resuming life normal as possible. So now what we well, look...
1: I, sorry, about one more point to add. For yes. those of you who, you know, you might be, you might have had a post-contest period or you might be going through one right now or whatever it is, or some sort of recovery diet, post-fat loss phase diet. In my time as a coach, I've been doing contest prep for about five and a half, six years and I've put hundreds of people on stage and I've only ever seen the individuals nail a post-contest recovery or reverse diet with no mistakes for eight weeks straight that's three i would say i've probably put 200 to 300 people on stage that's one percent
0: wow Wow. good realistic stats. the stats then too so don't don't everyone think they're a failure because they didn't get the post comp ready it's one one percent of the population and you're pretty spot on i I would agree with you i'm a
1: professional in this industry and i couldn't even bloody do it (laughs)
0: Joey, now everyone's fun topic. We could speak five hours on this topic now for Peak Week, but well, look, we're not gonna oh,
1: God. we're not
0: we're not gonna dwell right into it because you know that that's another whole topic itself. There's too many different variables, there's too many different categories. But to cut a long story short, I uh, I think that the, the basis of you and I were pretty much on the same. And we, we both love to add a little bit of carbs, and we both had to add some water, we both like to keep some sodium in. We're not really changing too many variables. Let's just talk about the average person in peak with the average athlete. Let's no disrespect to bikini, but we'll leave them out of this conversation just for now, just for the sheer fact of we're not really trying to pump a bikini model up. And again, why I say that, I actually I love the bikini physiques. I really, I really do. But let's talk about the average figure competitor, uh, bodybuilder, men's fitness physique categories. You could even throw in. You know, fitness ladies too, because they look—they look—they're oh, yeah. they're, they're outstanding. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so obviously, we'll, you know, I'll just let you run this. You know, what 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 would be a simple protocol, and you could probably answer it within sixty seconds. What a simple protocol for a peak week? Go for it.
1: Well, there are, there are tons. There's front loads. There's back loads. There's mid loads. There's there's ev- <laughs> there's so many different ways you can do it. You can cut water. You can keep water in. You could load water. Well. I'm not saying you should, but this is what people do. Mm. Load water, cut water, keep water the same, load salt, cut carbs, etc. I've heard of hundreds of different of strategies hundreds of different strategies, but what people fail to understand is like they go, what's an effective peak week? I'm like, no, what's a safe peak week? Yeah. because a peak week, I wouldn't say it can make you. I would say it maybe gives you another one to two percent if you get it right, but it can completely break you now. I always say to people, are you willing to trade off 98% just to get an extra two? Most of the time, it should be a no. Now, if you're lean enough, maybe you can start manipulating things like carbohydrates, fluid, and sodium. If you're not lean enough, don't do a bloody peak week. Just diet. Get get leaner because you're probably too soft. Um, But I generally just try to get my clients to increase their carbohydrate intake a little bit. Keep fluid relatively uh, consistent. consistent. Sodium, keep it consistent again, and maybe just a little bit more on show day. Um, I, I find a really safe um, method for a peak week is actually to just do a diet break. Yeah, I love that. A diet break is, I, I remember the best I ever actually looked at a given show, I just did a diet break. I didn't I didn't front load. I didn't, I didn't periodize my carbohydrate intake. I didn't really change my training too much. I just tapered it down a little bit. So I just ate. I think I, by the end of the prep, I think for that show I was on, 150 to 200 grams of carbs, and I, I brought my carbs up to 385 grams per day. Yeah. Didn't really change my food sources too much. I kept my fiber and my um, higher GI foods out, but yeah, I I didn't really change too much. I think people get caught in the fact of what's what's uh, effective versus what's safe.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point you say that, and you know, and I guess if I'll just drop um, a bodybuilder for example, that is absolutely ready to rock and roll, glutes are on and stuff like that. I think high large amounts of carbohydrate for them is going to be the most effective out of any category. But then you talk, let's say a female figure for example, that you know when females, if let's come into the show, their hormones are out, they've got any condition. We don't know one. You can do a trial run, which I always love to do a trial run. You probably do the same. It's the, the conditions. Unfortunately, are going to be different because the stress and pressure that someone's coming into peak week will obviously vary as well. It's going to be a lot higher. So you might think that I oh, yeah, I can load this lady up and she can have five hundred carbs and away she goes. And you try to do that, then all of a sudden, she goes super soft because she's stressed on show day. I've had girls where in my in my mind, I'm going, yeah, I can. She can handle three hundred fifty carbs for that for, for a bit of a back load, back to back days. And then when I've seen her, you know, she's kind of got a bit softer during the week because she's so nervous. So once she's got a bit softer, well, I can't really go loading her up. It's probably the last thing I want to do because yeah. she's only going to go softer. Yep. Then again, I've had people like a, like a Karen Shearer, um, Heather McGiven, you know, I've been over with them in America and I've put down back-to-back days of 600 carbs and they just look better. And, 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 and they're put because of the point of they are so lean so, and so... So ripped, and they're and they're seasoned professionals where they they know what's coming. They've been there before, and I know their body because I've worked with them for a while, so I know I can get away with it. But they're very rare species that I could actually do that. So but the average female I've seen also, which works amazing, Joey is actually reversing into a show. So let's say yeah, t- ten days out when they're ready, you know, let's say a female uh, finishes at hundred carbs, hypothetically speaking, you know, you might from a from a Saturday before the show, you might just take them to one twenty. And then next day they're weighing themselves every day and sending photos and all of a sudden you can jag 20 grams of carbs every day. You do that over eight, basically eight days, you've got them over the 200 carb mark and they may not be 100% full but you can fix that up on show day. Because they've already got a baseline that they could be three, three, three quarters pretty much ready. And that for me is just, you can't go wrong. It's 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 a method that it's so safe and you're gauging it every day because you've got the stats and you've got the photos and you've got the weight and stuff like that and you probably find that one or two things they could actually get lighter and leaner because their metabolism's yeah. kicked in another gear. It's a fascinating thing and I've done that before. And
1: stress stress goes down as well, so you might see fluid shifts too
0: exactly so it's it's one of them ones that you you know you, you and I are both the same when it comes to peak week I'm sure you are we're always gauging our clients you know whether it's daily or every second day it's it's something that I think in the natural game or any game really you know you just need to pay attention to detail and the, and the method you use sometimes again you've just got to go on your intuition your experience base the results you've seen during the whole prep pay, paying attention to detail and you know you got you got all these different ways of peaking someone and I find it quite fun it's, quite, it's probably the best yeah, best is. part of the whole prep. And it's like a it's, science experiment. It, it, it is, it is. And if you always play on the side of caution, you are got to win 10 out of 10 times. And, and again, you've, you've got show day to actually, if someone's, you, you've done had a good week, you can always add or subtract on show day. And, and that's the exactly. great thing. And even if someone's, you know, ready, you know, to say two days out, they look great. You can just go, like you said, keep it at maintenance, walk in, don't touch a thing. And if, ever, if things are pretty good, you know, sodium, water, keep all your variables that you can control, sodium, water, protein, fats, keep them the same. And the only one you're really manipulating then is carbohydrates. That's rather going to be up or down. It's really a it, – it is really a simple protocol, but I just find it super fun. And it's just something that if you understand how the body works as a coach, you should do if you're in contest prep. And when you're – obviously, they're the only variables we're working with. And obviously, there's external variables within the individual within their, their life – but you need to gauge them as well. You need to find out how they how they are responding. How nervous are they? How stressed are they? Did adver- did adversity hit them during peak week? You know, are they having fights with their partner or is all these things are gonna dictate, you know. I remember I remember one year I had one lady and and she was look, she was ready, she was basically ready for a show in figure, and it, it was quite a, quite amazing. And then the day before the show, we had Weigh in, and and I looked at her and I'm just gone, she's just gone absolutely. Flat looked looked horrible. Anyway, I had a chat to her, and then she, what she said was, "Well, you had a few, you know, things that went on per, in her personal life at home," and so my carb up was say around two hundred carbs. I had to then jack it up to four hundred. That wasn't my plan. That was totally mm. out of the plan. But you know what? At the end of the day, she actually went on to win the worlds, and everything and everything was rosy. And this was Lin, yeah. Lin, Linda Glogger at the time. And 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 I thought this girl was going to do amazing. She won most of her shows. Who is
1: unbelievable, by the way? She's she's incredible. Yeah,
0: thank you. And she's a great great athlete. And it, that was something that I didn't see coming. And that went against all my plan that I had. But lucky, I asked the questions, and I, and I happened to see her on on the the day before the show, and we're yeah. able to resolve the problem because there's nothing worse than having a client that looks in shape, and then we we get it wrong. It's yeah. not it's not what we want to do. No,
1: it, it and it paid. Like what you said just there, it really, it really emphasised the point of paying attention to detail. Because yeah. if you hadn't have paid attention to detail initially, and then looked at her, you would have been like, oh well, everything's fine. She looks, she looks how I'd expect her to look because you didn't know what she looked like previously.
0: That spot
1: on. Have a good look. So I think as a coach, like attention to detail is very important um, when it comes to peaking. Uh, typically, if I'm looking for things like uh, things like uh, very flat or uh, over full or spilled over, I typically look at the um, the abs and the thighs. Yep. So for most, most men or women, I get them to do an abs and thigh pose. And then I can tell like if that person spilled over, they'll generally lose detail in their midsection and their thighs first. Yep. Um, so I, I always say it's better to be a little bit flatter than over full. Because if you spill over, and you rock up, if you rock up to the show Spilled Over, that's a lot harder to fix in a short period of time than it is to just jam some more carbohydrate in. Yeah. Now, sure, you might not get completely full by the time you get on stage, depending on how underdone you are.
0: But you're sharp. But
1: at least you're going to look shredded. Yeah. Now, if you, if you show up Spilled Over, you might even look smaller and flatter because there's just not enough detail there. And I've seen it before. I've seen guys look absolutely, and girls, look absolutely incredible one week out e- even a day out and then they rock up to the show and they get on the lights i'm thinking what's happened here what did they do and then i see <laughs> on the social media you know one or two weeks later oh so you know i, I messed up my peak week and i went and i had a huge mackers feed after depleting for two weeks straight and so i'm like oh my god <laughs> so i think like oh, i guess we could just add in some um some extra points that people could take home as well with peak week is play it safe. Yep. Um, uh, you've got things like food options. So maybe stick to lower fiber food options. Uh, clo- uh, as you get closer to the show to the include, uh, any gastrointestinal distress, any bloating and stuff like that, because obviously higher GI foods, higher fiber foods, they move slower. They are typically higher in volume. Yes, they're better for hunger, of course, yeah. but um, you're going to be bloated, and you know when you, when you're competing, the last thing you're going to be thinking about is being hungry. I think. Exactly, so, and we don't want to start
0: inventing, you know, introducing foods that we haven't been having for the last nah. you know twenty odd weeks or so, because you don't know. You, obviously, you, you can get accustomed to certain foods, and once you start putting different foods in, you can create a tolerance to that food. And all of a sudden, if the day before yeah. you all of a sudden put sweet potato in, but you've only had rice for the whole prep. All of a sudden you get yep. a reaction you look on stage and you look six months pregnant yeah that's um, yep. it's a hard pill to swallow and many 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 people have done it
1: yeah even even some fantastic athletes that I've seen and know and, and coaches have have made those mistakes as well yep. for themselves and for their competitors so stick to foods that you know that digest well and that are typically a little bit uh, lower in fiber or lower in food volume Stress, like you said before, stress is a really, really big one. Try and keep your stress levels as low as possible. Obviously, stress is usually at an all-time high for most people mm-hmm. in the last week because they doubt themselves whether they're going to be ready and whatnot, they're nervous about getting under the stage lights. Um, something that I always say to my clients, um, the people in general who are competing, is remember that everyone feels the same. Yeah. And that generally calms everyone down because they're like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not alone with how I feel. Um, and i always find there's a huge correlation between people who stress a lot less um, versus people who stress more and how they look the people who are less stressed they always have an easier time dieting way easier time peaking, and they always have more fun on the day of the show so
0: the coolest head wins please. joey every time that's what i like to say the coolest head will win
1: yep absolutely
0: all right we had we had we had a few questions you've got them primarily on your side but Probably one one that I got asked was an interesting one, and it was a good question actually from Rebecca. She she wanted to know that if if you if someone was to set up a, a diet for a show or any sort of weight loss journey, can you? She's she's heard that you can set protein, set the calories for protein. Let's say for example they're having fifteen hundred calories, and out of that eight hundred is protein, and the remainder comes from carbs and fat. So what she's asking is, can you just have the remainder? of fats and, and, and carbs. And I think we sort of touched on this last time we had a sort of chat mm-hmm. and, and and it's a great question because it's a, it's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's a very simple way of someone tracking food because they're not having to worry about too much attention mm-hmm. to detail. So um, just just quickly answer that, answer that one, Joey.
1: Yeah, I think that, that, that's a very viable strategy to just lose fat because obviously yep. we're talking about energy balance and we want to be in a calorie deficit. And no matter how we create that, Um, as long as we have created it, you will lose body fat or you'll lose weight or whatever it is. But when we start getting into those leaner points or the diet has gone on longer, we then need to consider specific macronutrient targets because your training might start to suffer and weight training is primarily glycolytic. So maybe we need to prioritize carbohydrates, but we don't want to set fat so low that we destroy your hormones. So... It becomes a balancing act the longer you diet. But for the general population, I think this strategy is totally viable. But if you're getting shredded, maybe not so much.
0: Yeah, but definitely. Back end. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And and as a, if there's Rebecca, if she mentioned about at the start of prep or even midway through prep, it, you, it's got to be more enjoyable, enjoyable to be on 150 carbs and maybe 40 fats, as opposed to being on, you know, 70 fats and 100 carbs. 100 carbs doesn't go too far. And 100 carbs, nor, nor are you keto so it's not like you're, you're 100 carbs you're going to be hungry and even though you've got a yeah. sort of few fats that could actually help stabilize your blood sugar levels but you're still going to be yeah. hungry on 100 carbs it's going to feel like yeah you're yeah so logic would say if you're deep into off season if we're talking an off season if that was part of the question look like i do that now sometimes it can be a great yeah. a great point of you know there's, there's enough Absolutely. car there's enough carbs in my body feels fine so there's not an issue so the other question from from Stewie O'Brien, he he said, "Are we going to go head to head again, and and who would win?"
1: Well, I got I got the same question. I'll let you answer that one.
0: Oh, I'd win for sure, mate. Hands down. <laughs>
1: there you go. There's your answer. I can't what, what's I what's, get what's, what's your again? answer? <laughs> oh well, first of all, will we get on stage together again? I think by the time I get on stage, you might be about seventy. <laughs> But that's okay, mate. I'll so, yeah. I'll, I'll, so, I'll yeah, be ready. You'll probably still kick my ass
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll get it. I'll, I'll get a handicap then. But um, I, I think I think last time we sort of trained together, you're looking pretty jacked on. It. I think we were comparing. I think well, this it had come down to who could, who can bring it on the day.
1: Yeah, that's it. Who gets leaner, right? That's that's exactly right. And it depends if if we're going men's physique, then I reckon I'm not able to get that, I I my bodybuilding, bo- I'm, I'm bodybuilding, mate. I'm just gonna stay, just gonna stay home. <laughs> Cause
0: that, that means i have to train legs yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so you you got a few questions there as well joey fire away uh
1: yeah so um the first one well i got stewie's question obviously um i got a question from your client Kerry. yes good on Kerry
0: ashcroft who now is a dual yep. pro yeah amazing amazing lady
1: yeah, absolutely. I've seen her compete a few times, and she always always brings it. She's always in good condition, but she's
0: good presentation. What a lot of
1: figure girls lack as well. Is she has the shape, she has the fullness, and she has the muscularity to go with it. And unfortunately, being being in a female figure com, uh, competition, it's it's a lot harder for females. Well, to be the size of men, so. It's hard to have that really shapely look as a figure competitor when you have to get that in. So big props and, to Andrea and, and still
0: and still feminine as well, keeping that sort yeah, of feminine yeah. look as well.
1: So yeah, what is she? Okay, what, enough, what does enough, young enough, Kerry want to know? Enough ego stroking for Kerry. We'll get to the question. <laughs> so Leon's show day foods include Nutella and Krispy Kremes. What do your clients eat on show day? And that's that's a really good question because I find that there's no specific food. Um, it, like I said before, you shouldn't really stuff around with your food choices too much. I just tell my, I typically give my clients, um, their macros for each time frame of that day. And then I give them a brief write up of, you know, foods that might be a better idea to stick to and say, try and stick to foods that you know, that, uh, digest well with you and that don't cause you any gastrointestinal distress, because obviously we want to keep the midsection tight. You know, you want to be conditioned on stage. And if you've got, you know, your guts is playing up, you might be a bit bloated. You might even get a little bit watery. Mm. Um, so I find just sticking to lower fiber foods and foods that you're used to consuming, um, you know, best case scenario. But yeah. sugary foods to, to get them to convert to glycogen a little bit faster might be a better idea as well. So yeah, the- things like rice cakes, jam, yeah. honey, lollies, Spot um, low-fat choccy bars, rice, things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally true. And and when I, I like to go down and get a bit adventurous, but I also know these clients very well. And we've probably had some sort of test whether they can handle, you know, getting some really sugary stuff like I talk about shit food in there. And most of the time these individuals are going to be relatively lean and they're going to be the individuals that do flatten out very, very easily. And and, and in saying that, they'll also have a high amount of water. So there's some people I know that just need they need calories. That's just what they need on show day and they're going to need a lot of water and a lot of sodium. But then I've had people that, you know, can only take in 150 carbs during up until stage and they're probably going to have simple rice cakes, probably with peanut butter, something simple that they've kind of had during their prep and and nothing, not too many variables. But the ones that I know need to really load and I need to get a lot of calories in them and I know they're going to be pretty cast iron stomach. Yeah, mate, we we go go to town. Yeah, absolutely. And and
1: like... It pretty much just emphasised, again, the point that it's individual specific. Like how, how many carbohydrates does that person need to pump in in X amount of time frame? Like if, if they've got to get in 600 grams of carbs in the space of 12 hours, then you're not going to shove them full of, you know, oats and vegetables and things like that. You're probably going to suggest things like cereal, uh, crumpets with, with jam and honey and stuff like that. So and, I, a good, and good question.
0: And I'm aiming, like we're aiming to kick your butt and we're aiming to kick Brandon's butt and we're able to kick DC's <laughs> buttons, and, <laughs> and so on. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get the edge, mate, you know how it is.
1: <laughs> That's it. Um, oh, all right, so I've got another question. Um, if, I know we covered this briefly, but different peak weeks and do you prefer a particular method?
0: Yeah, I, I think, like I mentioned, before, females seem to respond very, very well to reversing in, but I find if they're a very ectomorphic and they're super lean, the reversing in, I'm gonna drop shorter calories, period. So if if it's someone that's super lean, like I mentioned, like a like a like a Karen or a Heather McGiven, that's super shredded. I need to backload them heavy, heavy and hard. But then if there is someone in sports, I'm gonna keep it like you said. The old maintenance works really well, um, or or reversing in and play by year. But if you, you, this is where knowing your individual clients and stuff, but both of the, I, I love the backload. I've done the front load before, and I I don't know. I don't seem to get they're looking hard enough. I just don't don't know about it. It's safe, but I, I kind of stopped doing that You know, a few years ago. I don't know what your opinion is on that, but I just found that back load, I seem to get them a bit tighter over a couple of days loading or, or, or reversing in uh, probably two of my go-tos.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that about the front load because I've used it quite a lot. And like you said, it, it is safe, mm. but I find that probably a mid load, so if you've got like a Saturday or a Sunday show, I like to start loading from Tuesday or Wednesday, on Wednesday yeah. instead of Sunday, Monday, because that way you don't have to, you don't have to pull the calories back down as hard. You can kind of just load them and then just taper it off a little bit and just monitor it day by day. And if they're just a little bit flatter by the end of the week, which most of the time they're not, you could just run that day a little bit for and jam in an extra 50 grams of carbs or something like that. But I like a mid load, um, front load, you know can work well if you can nail it um it's it's probably the safest one yep um backload is the riskiest but can really 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 pay off if you nail it um they gotta be really got lean, hey up.
0: i think if someone's oh
1: really lean and you've gotta you've gotta almost be quite depleted as well yeah like, super uh, if, if, if you want some some really good reading look up on um cliff wilson's rapid backload. yeah um, he he depletes the the absolute shit out of his competitors for maybe like two to four weeks, and I know he doesn't do it with every competitor, mm. but then he loads them so aggressively. Like I'm talking fifteen hundred
0: you know, carbs or something like that. Yeah, six
1: hundred up to two thousand grams of carbs over the space of you know twenty four to forty eight hours. So, but yeah, there's there's no one size fits all. We've all got our favorites and what we what we like to run, but I, I think the best method is the safest method. Yeah,
0: I agree. Next question.
1: All right. Um... One of my clients asked, can you get me to the point post-competition where I'm on 2,500 calories for maintenance? Now, I think her her maintenance calories are around 2,200 to 2,300 prior to comp. And I think what she means is, can I get my maintenance calories higher and still be in relatively good condition? And I think, like we discussed before, with the slow reverse diet or slower reverse diet approach or nailing your post-contest approach, yeah, I think you can get your maintenance calories higher because the body adapts over time.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on. I would agree 100. percent And let, let's let's say that individual was training super super hard, and they're added, adding more muscle to their frame, which increases their metabolic capacity. So, I believe you can marginally change your set point, where because the set point's going to change. If we can make it negative, our set point. There's no reason why we can't actually improve our set point. So we can people come to us eating you know 1500 calories, and all of a sudden, you and I both at times have reversed someone to two and a half thousand calories, and they just look leaner and better. So. Yeah. Yeah, we all have a genetic makeup. Let's be realistic. There's a a genetic protocol that we all have. But I I believe that we can manipulate that, give or take a little bit for sure, 100%.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. Like you said, I think everyone's got a threshold. Yes. Like a 50 kilo girl in most cases, you know, at the peak of her off season, she probably isn't going to get up to 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 calories. But if her maintenance is, say, 2,300, could we maybe push that to twenty four or 2,500? I think so.
0: Yeah, well, I guess just quickly, I've had Kerry Ashcroft being super shredded in an off-season eating 300 carbs, and then yeah. I've had her in an off-season eating 180 carbs and looking nowhere near as sharp because of obviously yeah. life, you know, life yeah. has gotten in the way and, and previous shows, so there's an example yeah. there that that's a dramatic change. And yeah. so, yeah, obviously time, time sitting on the, on the bench in our sport mm. can, can pay dividends for someone that wants to set their body up, you know, for the long term.
1: Yeah, I've, I've had females up to 500 grams of carbs in the off-season and yeah. still staying relatively sharp, like I'm talking 10 to 12-week-out condition. Crazy. But then I've had some girls who you, you take them from 200 carbs to 210, it goes south.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yep. Crazy, isn't and it?
1: Obviously, you know, overall calories play a part, but you know, you look at someone who's on 200 carbs versus 500 carbs, obviously there's going to be a huge calorie difference. Yeah. Um, so dietary fats and dietary protein obviously – play a role in that too but in terms of carbs they make up a lot of calories which is why we're referencing carbohydrates
0: and you can also get you know people that have become carb resistant Then all of a sudden post comp because their carbs have been super low we start adding carbs and they start softening up at 150 carbs and they used to at 250 so there the dynamics of the body has changed again so there's uh, so many different variables that come into play there
1: Absolutely. any other questions um, buddy? I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question because you're the you're the mindset king yeah. as everyone knows <laughs> um, getting into the mindset to track slash train or even prep again what would be your advice
0: uh, I, I guess the answer is pre- pretty simple to get into the mindset to even you know start a, start a journey you, you should already be in it you, sh- you, you know it's like going oh I'm going to go play soccer today but I don't want to go but I better go anyway well my performance is going to be pretty laxy daisy I guess getting into our sport, it's something that you – it, it can't be a chore. It's got to be something that you you just want to do and you, you just you just can't wait to get in there and do it. You can't wait to get up and go to the gym. You can't wait to eat your next meal. you kind of got to live and breathe it. I think this is the thing where some people, if this sport, they want to do the sport, but if it becomes a chore and it's not what they really want to do, they're doing it for the wrong reasons, I think this is what catches people out. So – it's like if like, you, you love basketball and you said, oh, Lynn, want to play basketball? Yeah. All right, I'll play because you're playing. I want to play with you. And then every week I'll be like, oh, I've got to go to basketball tonight. And, and then my performance is going to be pretty lucky days. And if you say it's a, it's a, it's a 20-week season, oh, my God, how boring. Can't I can't think of anything worse. But if I'm going to, you say, oh, let's go play soccer. I love soccer. Oh, mate, I'm there 100%. I can't, I can't wait to go. So I think getting into the mindset, you should already be there. And, if, and if, if if you can't get in that mindset, you're not actually ready to go into a preparation. You should be ready to go. You should be knocking your door. Your client should be knocking your door down, knocking my door down. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Let's go as long as things, you know, the body is ready to rock and roll. So I think you should already be in the mindset, ready to go. Too many people are doing things for the wrong reasons and, and that's what's catching them short. So I'll go complete next year and I'm ready to rock and roll. It's, I've been out, you know, be three years between shows, I'm ready to, unless life gets in the way. So if it becomes a chore for me, I'm like, yeah, I, want, I, want, I just want to do it because um, I wanted to prove to myself or I want to do this and that. Mm. Totally, totally the wrong reasons and guess what? That's going to be a hell long, 25, 30 weeks, whatever it turns out to be. So I think the mindset yep. should be something that it should be set to whatever it is you want to do. And if you can't set it immediately, you're probably going down the wrong avenue. It's like saying, oh, yeah. you, you want to change careers. Or how can I get my, it's like, how can I get my mindset into be a solicitor? How boring, I can't, it's not going to happen. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? So. You don't
1: enjoy it, you don't enjoy but, it. You can't force yourself to like something you don't.
0: And it's a pretty bland answer. And I apologize for the bland answer, but I but I also need to be open and honest. And, and if someone's mindset's not there, Genuinely, that'll be the reason why it's probably not the ultimate goal. But then I can look on the other spectrum and I'd probably be sitting down having a chat with that individual and probably dissect what's going on in their personal life. It may not be a lack of motivation or a lack of enthusiasm. It could be actually there's things going on in their personal life that's holding them back. So what we need to do is address them, whether I'm counselling them or during their sessions or something, and we can build the process up. So genuinely yeah. th- there may be an underlying issue there that's actually holding them back from... Their motivation, because I found most human beings, you know, sometimes when we miss our goals, it's not through a lack of effort, it's not through a lack of want. There's just underlying problems in the life that need to be addressed first, and that's what I talk about. How you know you need to, you need things in life need to be all our ducks need to be in a line, and once they're in a line, then we can obviously then move forward. So, yeah, the, the that's why I talk about psychology. That's why I talk about that's why I have my gym here built that I can work on the psychology of individuals, because if they want the goal but they're not quite ready. I need to work and find out why are they held back. What what in their life is actually in their way. So that's probably the second part of that answer that they might like a little bit better.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a little thing called passion, isn't it? I find, and I think if if you fake it, it'll it'll catch you out eventually. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you, you, yeah, you just can't fake it because eventually you're going to get to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, this is bloody exhausting, and you're going to get caught out. And yeah. I, I see it everywhere. I see it in. See it in the fitness industry, I see it in sport, I see it in bodybuilding, you know, I see it in people's careers that they might they might be going for a certain career path for the wrong reason, whether they want they wanna, you know, make more money or they wanna be more popular, mm. but they know in their heart that it's not what they wanna do. And, you know, there's there's no point creating this fake image of, you know, someone you're not or, you know. But because you want to be someone, you, you may just not have a passion to be that person.
0: Yeah, it's like, I, think, I think it was Ryan Doris that was that said it one day. I think that's what you were getting to there is that, you know, obviously if you're going to fake passion, one day someone's going to come along with passion and make you look like an idiot. Yeah,
1: they'll embarrass the shit out of you. That, that's,
0: that's exactly right. So, but yeah. I see it, it
1: all the time in bodybuilding.
0: Yes, look, that that's, and, and that's my point. That's why you need to want to do this. And if you want to do it, but you can't quite get the up and go to do it, I'd probably be having a look at your, your personal life and having a chat with a, a specialist about what actually is going on in your life and, and, and address that. And then you find once you deload and start working on what's going on in your personal life, that just may open that cloud to allow you then to get, you know, moving forward and heading towards your goal. So, Joey, I think that's um, that's yep. – we've covered a lot there. In, it's almost been like a 90-minute chat. We could go on for another half an hour. But I think – I don't know. Everyone will probably fall asleep while they get to this part anyway. Mm. But, um.
1: Absolutely. I know we didn't, we didn't cover the specifics of comp prep, like nutritional periodization or cardio or specific training, but maybe that's something we can do at a later date. But I feel like this will give people a, a good understanding of more so what to expect. Yeah. And what they should expect. I think Joey, next time we can,
0: you know, we can break it down in into pairs and we could you know, the chat could be purely on nutrition and cardio. And all of a sudden, yeah. get get straight into the nitty-gritty on that. And that's probably something what we'll look at. But but for today, I thought we will get into the basis of contest prep. It's a, it's a five-hour yeah. conversation, it can be. But I think we've dissected and people get the, the message about simplicity and having a good yeah. setup and the basics, being consistent, having a good coach around you, having a second eye. And you know what? And sometime, at the end of the day, you've just got to do the work.
1: Yeah, because, absolutely. Because
0: our plans mean nothing. We can give them the best plan. But if it's not executed, well, you know what I mean? Throw it in the bin. The results will show on stage, huh? That's
1: exactly right.
0: All right, Joey. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in. And um, I wonder if I can bring this crowd on at the end. There we go. The crowd's just giving us a bit of a <laughs> cheer you. off. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, All right, Joey. Everyone, thank you so much for your time. And, mate, you guys have a fantastic day.
1: Thanks, guys.